It's Friday. Well, it's Friday here in Australia, which means it's time for another edition of the Wits Up podcast. And this time I finally, finally got hold of Heather Jackson. Uh, We just have not been able to line up our uh, diaries well enough and the unit of the planets have just not aligned in terms of technology, non-sleeping children uh, and busy, busy schedules. So super excited to share with you this episode with Heather Jackson. Uh, If you have been enjoying any of the content that we have been producing, if you are picking up what we are putting down, please consider uh, supporting Wits Up by becoming a patron. Uh, The link is in the description of this podcast. Really simple. It can cost you just $5 a month. That is about a coffee. It is an expensive coffee. I'll give you that. But just $5 a month will really help us out to continue to bring you all the greatness uh, about women in triathlon and women in sport in general. Alrighty, let's chat with Heather. So um, Heather and I were just chatting uh, pre-hitting the record button that we've been trying to catch up for a chat for, what do you reckon it's about three or four weeks now? It's been a while, yeah. <laughs> we have Sorry had so many false starts. No, it's not your fault. I, My child didn't want to play ball. It's her no, fault. But she's so cute. <laughs> and it's lucky she's so cute. I know. She's so cute. <laughs> uh, but she's oh, in daycare. So Oh, I was to say last Sorry. week was my fault, so it's, we're one and one. <laughs> okay, cool. So we're even. Yeah, but last yeah. week, oh, I can't even remember now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I'm going to get stuck straight into some hard questions for you, Heather Jackson. Are, are you prepared? Oh, no. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Have you finished oh, Handmaid's no. Tale? I should have known this was coming. I have not. You should have. I literally, it was like on my checklist, like need to finish before my chat with Steph. And (laughs) I don't know how many's left. I think I have like three or four left. Like it really got intense quick and I haven't yet brought myself back. So no, unfortunately no, but we have Corby's kitty puppy Corby's and I and Wadi started a new one the other night. It's only a three episode um, little documentary that's on Netflix, but it is as absurd, if not more absurd than handmade. So now like I'm back on that level of just crazy <laughs> intense stuff. I wow. shouldn't be watching before bed. <laughs> Wait. So what's this one? I need to make a list. It's called don't bleep. Um, with cats. Oh, have you seen that okay. on Netflix? I have not, but and I have no idea what it's about. But all I've heard is that it is really intense. Yes, exactly. It's not what you would think by the title. It's actually kind of yep. along the lines of like investigation, discovery. A lot of the stuff we already watch, but it's like it's crazy, and I won't. Yeah. I wouldn't suggest it before bed. I probably wouldn't even suggest it, period. But, like, we can't not finish it now. We have one episode left. Okay. All right. So, also not recommended to watch by yourself. Yeah. Oh, no. Exactly. No. Corbs and I are just sitting on the couch like, holy 
sleep. Like, what is this? (laughs) Yeah, it's so, yeah, I'm not rushing back to Handmaid's. I'm like rushing to get over this. (laughs) We interrupt your scheduled programming because... Technology has given us a fair kick up in the ass when trying to chat with Heather Jackson. Uh, it looks like we've got things back under control and we can now resume your listening pleasure. Please tell me you're there. I'm here. Oh, there you it are. says recording. <laughs> okay, I think we're back. Oh, man. I don't know why we're having so many issues. The universe is really trying hard to keep us apart. It doesn't want us to, seriously, we're not meant to chat together. We are not. I'm just going to have to come over and visit, I think, and then we can do it face-to-face. Exactly. You need to come <laughs> hang out with me in Kitty Puppy Corbs. Oh, my goodness. I would love – okay, first of all, what is Kitty Puffy? <laughs> you have so much it's explaining like... to do. I've got so many questions. <laughs> Kitty Puppy, it's like – I. I want a cat or like maybe start with a cat. Wadi and I don't have any pets because we travel so much. And then I'm, sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe I want a puppy, like a little tiny one, like a little Pomeranian. And so anytime I see like a mini kitty or a puppy or like a puppy that's like a little kitten. And so that's where kitty puppy came from. And then Corbs <laughs> is like my own little kitty puppy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So you need, you need so that's a, where it came from. a dog that's like a cat or a cat that's like a dog. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That I can like Good. carry around or like wear in a backpack on my rides. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Have you seen those backpacks that's got like a dome on the back of it that people oh, yeah, carry with their... the kitties in it? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen them? They're going yes. to become a thing I for, saw... for athletes. Yeah. I saw them. I think it was just online. Like, I haven't seen one live yet, but oh. Oh, my goodness. Imagine if you just had, like, a little friend with you. I mean, now you have little Frankie, but, like, (laughs) just with you on your rides. (laughs) So I went to a um, crit race the other day, and there was a guy on his, uh, like, mountain bike who had a big dog, like the size of Chimmy-sized dog, on in, in a backpack and his paws just on this guy's shoulders and he had a – come around if he had a helmet, but he definitely had goggles so that he's, you know, in the wind, his eyes were okay. True story. Oh I'll send God. you the photo. It's pretty amazing. I could actually see Chris Corbin with Jimmy in that. So Absolutely. <laughs> so awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> um, now, we did get cut off and I want to go back to – we're not going to spend the entire podcast talking about TV shows, but – I do <laughs> want to find out whether you have ever watched Killing Eve. Oh my god! Um, I started it, and it's one I wanted to resume. I barely got in, and I thought, "Oh, this could be a winner." So I like waited to be able to watch it with like Corbs and Wadi because ah. I think I was just kind of browsing on my own. So yep. it's on the list. It's so good, so good. You'll Ooh, love it. Okay, I like Sandra Oh. But, yeah. From so, um, did you like it from Grey's Anatomy originally? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do you still watch that show? I, know, but... <laughs> um, I like the reruns. I haven't been like, yeah, current yeah. up to up to date with it. Um, but if it's just like on and it's a rerun, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. 
I'm completely up to date. It's it's been running for a very long time. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but Shonda Shonda Rhimes is uh, quite an incredible character in the world of of Hollywood. That's for sure. I think she's gone up against, um, like, in terms of female director writer, um, is all across equality in terms of pay and all that kind of stuff. She's a she's a big force in Hollywood. Ew. Okay, that's mm. awesome. Yeah, she's yeah. very cool. And she also did a, a TV show called Scandal, which is I really love that too. Oh, yes. I've seen bits of that. That's also yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to concentrate a lot on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. Like when they get chronological and then you get in a big block and you have to pay attention or else mm. you completely miss it. It's, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, let's move on. The other thing that I wanted, so we found out what kitty puppy is. <laughs> the other thing... <laughs> The other thing I need to find out, what is a panda snack? Oh, Pandy. <laughs> You're so So cute. I call Wadi. <laughs> I call Wadi my husband. Um, it started out as, you're just like a panda, because I saw this Instagram video of how pandas sleep, and they just yeah. like thrash about, and that's what he does. He's like a oh. thrasher. I was like, you sleep like a panda. Like he's always rolling about and like tumbling about. Like when you see pandas <laughs> tumbling down slides. So. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> I started calling him. Yes, I started calling him panda, and then it got like shortened to pandy. So now I call him pandy, and um, he, yeah, he just like we have these little snack. Well, Corbs and him have pandy snacks together because Corbs also snacks on like they're primarily I would say peanut butter pretzels you know just little nibbles before dinner and we make a little bowl and we were like here are your panty snacks (laughs) (laughs) my goodness (laughs) so yeah actually it expanded from peanut butter pretzels to also there's this stuff at Whole Foods called paleo puffs they're also quite uh it's like a healthy version of like a cheeto or something (laughs) a healthy version i like it (laughs) yeah exactly they're actually pretty tasty (laughs) uh now so for anyone who's listening who doesn't know who you're referring to uh when you say corbs it is of course your good friend lindsay corbin who has now joined you Mm. in arizona is that right for training exactly yep she got down last week so we're through week one of, uh, yeah, we used to call it wine camp, but Corbs is actually <laughs> abstaining right now. So I'm very proud of what? her. Um, <laughs> no. Wow. She's on a roll, so I'm not peer pressuring. Um, so just <laughs> early season training camp. <laughs> uh, and But you've been surrounded by um, quite a, I guess, a mix of athletes. You've done some work with Lauren uh fleshman i think um lionel was there for a while like you guys have all sort of caught up here and there and done some training with each other am i is that right yeah totally um lauren hasn't been down to arizona but we were training with her this summer in bend and her like run little wing group which was amazing um i think for both corps and i just to get the opportunity to train with professional runners and see how they train and just different mindset and approach to training so that was really cool um but then yeah down here we have erica or erica paula and eric um lagerstrom paula finley eric lagerstrom are here 
um, currently until Oceanside as well. So we've been training almost daily with them, which has been awesome. Um, just, yeah, obviously they're kicking our butts in the pool and then we kind of show them where to ride and run. Um, and then, yeah, Lionel supposedly gets here tomorrow. So ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that one started funny. Like Corbs and I were just swimming on our own and we would see him posting pictures at the same pool, but maybe like an hour later in court, this was pre Kona last year. She's like, should we just slide into Lionel's DMs and see if we could just like show up when he's there? <laughs> and I was like, just do it. Cause neither one of us knew him that well. And she's like, I did it. I messaged him. And then we actually got a response and he's like, yep, I'm swimming at noon tomorrow. So we just like went the next day. <laughs> And it was like, it was awesome. Yeah, he let us train with him. Um, it was probably two or three times a week for a couple yeah. weeks leading into Kona. <laughs> the way you say that, it sounds like you're saying he's this real big deal and you guys are like these little fangirls. Like that's the way that you kind of pitch that story. <laughs> like you realise that you two are kind of big deals yourselves and he was probably quite honoured and stoked that you reached out, right? <laughs> see it that way we're just like oh man maybe we can swim with him <laughs> oh you're so no, it funny was... <laughs> it was good though we had a little group so yeah yeah no. well especially with the swim too because it's not yeah our strongest suit but well Corbs is crushing it right now she's so strong yeah um, oh. but yeah yeah she's she's doing awesome but yeah we're gonna try again we'll see what he's his training plan looks like <laughs> yeah. you you were both very kind of unassuming I, I need to reiterate that you're both like some of the best athletes in the world like you you, you can <laughs> stop stop see, see okay so this is this is where this line of questioning is going and I, I hope you don't take offense to this because it's just you know when you when you look at things just from a pure perception point of view you look at someone this is how I used to think, who's got a lot of tattoos, right? And you think they're tough. Uh -huh. That's what I used to think, you know, <laughs> you know, years ago, years ago, years ago. That's what I used to think. Person with tattoos, really tough. So, you know, you, you've got a little bit of ink, I think it's fair to say. Yep. So, there's, <laughs> so there's what you can assume, and that, I know that that's such a surface thing and we're going to get stuck into that more in a minute, but, but you yourself are, are such a – humble unassuming giggly person and it like it, it seems like it doesn't match with the tattoo type of thing i'd love to hear your response to that <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> you know what is funny is that that's the exact um that's exactly the same kind of impression I had of Wadi when I first met him. I was right. just out of college from the East Coast, which tattoos were not popular at all. Like they were not common and it was kind of just coming, I don't know, becoming a thing. And I moved to the West Coast right out of college and I met Wadi. And to me, it was like this stereotypical like California surfer dude and I was like oh man that's so cool like I was just so intrigued and thought he was so hot and like and but same thing he was like this super tough guy if you have tattoos mm. and then if you if you meet or know Wadi like he is literally he's a big panda bear like he's the <laughs> nicest sweetest like most sensitive person you'll meet like it's it was not 
I don't know, it kind of just broke that, not broke that stereotype, but it was like, oh, I mean, it's not, it's more just, yeah, tattoos as art. And for me, I mean, all my tattoos are like, most of them, actually all of them are a tribute to a family member of some, in some way. So for me, it's like, oh, they're just like, this is my family with me, or this one was for my Nana, this one's for my sister, this one's for my mom. Um, And it was just kind of cool. And I didn't grow up, I was not the cool kid growing up. I was like the total dork, straight A student, just, and then, but I always like, was like, oh, that's like, I don't know, I, the people that felt free to express themselves or weren't living in this like little box or bubble. And I finally, when I met Wadi, he kind of opened me to that. And so for me, it's just been this like, oh, that's cool. Like, yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? I guess that not you the stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. So, totally. <laughs> so, how old were you when you first got started getting tattoos? Ooh, I was probably 25, 25 or 26. Right. And that started again, so. like with. Um, in regards to a family member so that's that's where it all started oh yeah totally my uh, my nana who helped raise me she passed away um i think it was 2011 maybe yeah. 10 or 11 um and so i got my first one are the sparrows that are on my chest they're like above mm-hmm. my heart and it the biggest one is was for her and this the idea is that um sparrows always fly together as a family their entire lifetime and so I got um, a massive bird for her in her memory and then one for everybody in our in my family um, and one for Wadi just everyone flying together always oh so (laughs) that was the first one yeah Um, and then yeah it's kind of been most off seasons like I've I missed a few off seasons getting one uh, but I have to do it yeah like November December because you have to be out of the pool yep I find that so interesting. So. Like that's just nothing you have to think about, right? When you're a professional triathlete. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man! So with the sparrow thing, did you did you know that prior to getting a tattoo, or was it something that you're like, I need I need to figure out what I want on my body, and then that came to you. Um, I knew I wanted to get something for my nana because she had passed, like literally a couple days prior and um I had kind of started researching tattoos and tattoo meetings you do just do simple searches and all this stuff comes up and I mean one of the old school tattoos that um sailors used to get was the sparrow and it's like the super um kind of old school one if you just do a simple search like those are very very common and popular seen a lot but I didn't want to get that that is one that you see, you see so much, but I went to, that's the thing with tattoo artists. You can go in and just have a meeting with them and kind of feel them out and see if you're feeling the vibe, if um, yeah. it's someone you want to work with, or if they, yeah, you think it matches with what you kind of want to express on your body. And he, the guy that we went to at the time was, he's like, no, I totally get it. Like, let's do something original. And he actually picked them from a painting so it wasn't right. just like the sparrow that you always see. Um, and I was like, yeah, I love this. It's an actual painting. And um, he kind of did his own um, version of it, hand drew it himself. And then I like the ones that are, um, yeah, very personal. Um, 
that the artist does themselves. So my all the rest of mine, besides the first one, are this one guy, um, Brad, out of Lucadia, California, and he hand draws them all. Wow, which is super cool. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Go in, just chat out the ideas of the meeting you want or what you want to kind of express, and he'll yeah. he just starts drawing, which is cool. <laughs> wow. Do you are you a very artistic person yourself? No, and that's why I think this is kind of, um, yeah, just been a, kind of my like minimal outlet of art, artistic yeah. expression because I'm not like I can't draw. I'm not. I'm very much the other side of the brain, like numbers, like very, yeah, yeah. Um, that side. Wadi is the most creative person in ever. He's just got all these ideas flowing, very creative, and I'm not. So. Yeah. For me, I, I struggle with that stuff. He will come, he does all of our kit designs for Wadi Yang, works with a lot of the athletes on that stuff. And, and then it comes to yeah. me and he's like, okay, hey, what do you want your kit to be this year? And I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> whatever you think. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not, yeah. I'm, yeah right. But for tattoos, it's, I know what I want to express in my body or what I want it to mean. Cause I, it's obviously on your body permanently and I want it yeah. to have certain meaning, but me, myself, no, I'm not. I'm not yeah. good with that. Yeah. <laughs> so you won't see you picking up a tattoo gun anytime soon. <laughs> no. Step away if you see Heather um, coming at you with a tattoo gun. Probably not a good gun. idea. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I've like I've always liked the thought of getting a tattoo, um, but I never wanted to get a tattoo until it was something really meaningful. Um, and yeah, I think since having Frankie, there's I, I I think I want to do something, but I just have no idea where to start. So maybe it is just going in and having a chat with a a reputable tattoo artist, and then you know playing it out and see see how we go. Yeah, totally. That's I mean, yeah. you don't have to get one, so it's yeah. I think that turns a lot of people off. It's like you just go in and chat with the artist, and then maybe you feel mm. inspired or not on the day. Um, yeah, with what they come up with. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. Let's go. That's, I've got so many things, my notes, I've never written down so many notes for an interview cause I just don't want to miss <laughs> anything. <laughs> but, okay. I'm <laughs> cause I'm such a scary person. Um, <laughs> your laugh is one of the best. It's not even a laugh. It's a giggle. It's one of the greatest <laughs> sounds I've heard in the world of triathlon, I think. Um, now you, you said you're more of a numbers person. You correct me if I'm wrong, but you went to Princeton. Is that right? Uh, yes, yeah. I attended. What does that mean? Uh, I probably can't like recount what I learned there, but I did attend the university and I was able to graduate. <laughs> Uh, yeah no I did people always say that they're like oh you went to Princeton I'm like well to be perfectly honest I was I played ice hockey and it was mm -hmm. when women's ice hockey was blowing up and so at the time um, the primary schools that had women's ice hockey programs and were actively recruiting were the Ivy League schools and then um, some of the D1 schools like a Boston College um, the Minnesota schools Ohio State um that's probably foreign to australia-based athletes yeah. but it's yeah it obviously that the collegiate 
athletics is huge here in the States. Um, and women's hockey's grown since, but it was when it was exploding. So I just, I, I just feel lucky that it was in the time frame when kind of those, I don't know, it was minimal school options. And of those minimal options, the Ivy leagues were the primary ones that had the programs and they recruited. So, um, yeah, I had that opportunity to attend like a top university because of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so while you're there, so, what 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 did you study? Um, I was actually a poli sci major and an East Asian studies minor. Um, so, right, yeah, also random. <laughs> I studied Japanese from. Oh. Um, junior high through high school and then into college. And so I just kind of wound that into a East Asian studies minor. <laughs> so you can, you obviously can speak a bit of Japanese still? A little bit. Yeah. Still ah. it's yeah. Tiny little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be pretty fluent. I studied over there my junior year of college. Yeah. Um, and then if you don't practice it, you lose it pretty quick, but like if someone's speaking, for instance, if there are people speaking in an elevator in Japanese and I'm like in there, I can tell what they're saying. <laughs> I love that it's but eavesdropping. Spe- specific to an elevator outside in the, in the rest of the world. You've got no idea. But if it's in an elevator. <laughs> yeah. And I can concentrate and focus and it's, yeah, <laughs> clear. Uh, I, think, I got you. <laughs> uh, I studied uh, Japanese at high school. And there's one, there's one sentence that it's just stuck in my brain and it's, uh, dozo yoroshiku no gaishimasu. Hi. Ah, you just say. Totally. I still have all those down. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Oh, man. I used to say that all the time uh, when I used to go out for a drink with one of my mates who lived in Japan for quite some time. And it's all I had. That's just my constant. Yeah, was I'd go up to talk to people and just say that. Didn't work. Wasn't a great pickup line. Don't recommend it. <laughs> but you can use it for a couple of different things. So that's good. Yes. <laughs> Have you been to Japan? Yeah, in college, um, I lived over there. I lived in, I studied at Fukuoka, Fukuoka Daigaku, Tenpienkyoshimashita. Fukuoka University, which was like the southern, southern island, southern big island, not down by like, um, yeah, I was on um, Kyushu, which was the southern biggest one. Yeah. So, yeah, it was super cool. I've I've wanted to take Wadi back. Just he's never been, and I've looked at. Um, I guess they sell the half over there a few times just to yeah. get back over. It would be super cool. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I can imagine you in Japan. I I I don't know why, but I can. <laughs> I don't know. I love it. I love. I love like that's why I still give like little peace signs with I photos know. because that started over there. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say, but I thought, oh, is I actually thought in my head, is that like a racist thing to say? I don't know, but it that's just, just what it reminds know, me of. They when just you love take it. it. They do. Every Japanese person I've met, it's, they love doing that. Yeah, and I love it. It's so positive and happy and yeah, peace. 
So yeah. I just still do it. <laughs> you do, and I love it. <laughs> oh man. I just I've got like I said, I've got these notes and I've just written panda snacks as a big note and it just keeps popping up off the page. It makes me laugh. Did you do you know the noise that a panda makes? Ooh, I don't think so. I do. I've only watched videos of them like sleeping and rolling about. Which is I mean, that's enough. It's pretty oh, cute. Maybe you should maybe you should let me know what it sounds like. It sounds maybe something you like demonstrate. Okay, it sounds like like this. That's a panda. Oh my god, that's even better. It's like a squeaky yeah. toy. Oh, I loved him even more now. <laughs> I mean, I may not have done it justice, so make sure you jump on YouTube after this and actually listen to it. But it, it yeah, it's very very cute. <laughs> I will. I will be on immediately following. <laughs> Uh, um, now I, I said this a little bit earlier. I love your, your laugh, your giggle. Um, but it, it, it always, <laughs> it, it always seems to come out. I think when, when you're a little bit nervous or something, do you feel? Yeah, I think it, yeah. I feel like it happens so much because I, I do it when I am actually laughing. And then also, yeah, when I'm super nervous, it's like my response. <laughs> so that's why it's just constant. <laughs> <laughs> do do you get do you get nervous a lot oh my gosh yes yeah I get so nervous yeah I just what? yeah <laughs> I'm not good with like the public I don't know public speaking public standing in front of people or like the pro panels or things like that I just I don't know why I've never I, I continue to they're getting better, especially like yeah. lower key races. It's like, okay, just for, you know, you're just there chatting with friends. Like don't think of it as anything bigger than that. But yeah, yeah, I definitely struggle with lots of eyes looking at me. <laughs> right. And what makes you say that you're not good at it because you don't feel like you're answering questions well or? Um, yeah, I just sometimes like my mind goes blank or I just start to realize people are staring at me and I forget what the question is or <laughs> it's way better now. You, yeah. I should find like examples from nine, 10 years ago when I, my first year as a pro and yeah, it was bad. It was so bad. <laughs> really? So, so yeah. is, this, is it something that you've intentionally worked on or it's just something that's grown organically because you you have grown as a professional athlete and you're on so many panels and you've done so many interviews that you just had to learn. Yeah, I think definitely that, like the repetition, you start to learn um, certain little tricks or how to respond. But then also, I mean, early on after I would say that first year or two when I would get put in a couple of those situations and Wadi's like, we need to practice this. Like you need to be more right. professional um, and we would practice in our kitchen and he would ask questions and then make me state back the question and the answer, um, how everyone always, you know, asked for the responses to be and yep. speak more, I guess, directly and not stumble or yeah. So we, I've definitely practiced now. Um, yep. but then that's what you stumble into too, of being, you want to be yourself, uh, yeah. for sure. I mean, Versus just the, I guess, standard answers. 
Um, so it's, it's definitely a fine balance because I want to yeah. always be me, but then I also, yeah, want to be professional. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, from my point of view, I feel like you've got a good balance at the moment. You yeah. know, everyone, you are absolutely 100% yourself when you are up there whenever I've seen you. But then there's still, yeah, like there's a professional side of it, but then that, you know, the giggle comes out or I don't know. Like <laughs> it, To me, it seems yeah. like you really do enjoy what you're doing because you do take it all um, to heart. That's the impression I get. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, yes, thank you for saying that. Makes me feel better. Well, good. No, and too, like, when I get up there now, I'm like, okay, I'm just so great. I mean, yeah, for instance, say, like, a pro panel. Like, I'm just grateful that I got asked to do that because I know that's not forever. And so for me, it's, you know, it, I have this window of opportunity and I won't always be the one asked that gets to be there. And so, yeah, just yeah. I do try to enjoy enjoy every bit of it well that definitely comes across which is great perfect uh, thank you <laughs> <laughs> um I, I would like to go back to ice hockey if that's okay um oh yeah do you do you get asked a lot about ice hockey in triathlon interviews and obviously this interview isn't too much about triathlon we i like just finding out more about the person but across your triathlon career have you been asked much about the ice hockey career um i would say probably like on the surface just you know what's your athletic background obviously because usually i mean it's all actually our sports such a mix i mean you have the people that came from a swim background mm. or mm. Uh, maybe a running background like or track and field or cross country i'm not sure too many at least in the women's field came from say like a pure cycling background but um yeah. I think it's always interesting to hear yeah the sports that other people came from but that was that's probably been the extent of it just like oh cool like you played ice hockey how do you think that transferred and then yeah okay my response is yeah so that's kind of the extent I mean yeah but yeah <laughs> so okay so I would like to talk about it more because I'm quite well I'm interested in the sport itself um I don't, I don't know much about it but and I think we actually, um, when I was talking to Paula in our podcast, I was asking her a little bit about just because she's Canadian and hockey's quite big in Canada, right? Totally. Yeah. Totally. yeah. yeah. So, you know, just trying to suss out how, you know, what's the national sport, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but from an outsider here in Australia looking in, ice hockey looks like quite a rough uh, masculine kind <laughs> of sport. I think that's a fair assumption. Yeah, I would say yeah. fair. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I loved hearing that there's a high level of women's competition, but I don't know how how high that level goes. Here in Australia, the Australian football rules, uh, um, the AFL has just launched a couple of years ago a women's a women's version of the Australian Football League, um, which which is awesome um but it's it's interesting watching it in its infancy at that top level um so that's why i'm fascinated about i guess you know because that, that can be quite a rough sport as well about the women's side of hockey um over in your side of the world 
how you've seen that expand and was it hard to get into and what what drew you towards that kind of sport? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I so I have, well, I have an older brother and a younger brother, but my younger brother, he's just like 11 months younger. Um, oh, wow. He started be- ahead of me playing hockey and it's similar to say swimming or I guess any sport growing up where um, a lot, a lot of times the practices would be before school or super early or super late at night. And so I would get dragged to the practices and have to sit in the stands with my parents. And I was super active, like ADD, just too much energy. And I think that only lasted like, I don't know, not even a full season probably. And I wanted to be out there so bad. Um, yeah. And this was, we were young. We were probably, I don't even know, six, seven, eight years old. Um, and we were already raised. Um, there's a river in our town and in the winter it freezes and we would be on the river playing ice hockey or yeah, just pick up like pond hockey. They call it. It's like your after school yeah. activity. You go down to the lake and just, Yeah. So I already knew how to skate from probably two, three, four years old. Um, And then so that my parents didn't have to travel to all these different teams, they got me on my brother's team. So I actually played with the boys for, yeah, from when I was about, I don't know, eight, seven, eight or nine, all the way until high school. Um, I was on, yeah, boys teams, basically. So at the time um women's hockey wasn't big at all there were maybe three of us and it was my two best friends it was myself and then my friend Emily and my friend Lindsay and we played on the boys teams and we were the only girls out there and we would have like four games a weekend two on Saturday two on Sunday we'd have tournaments oh wow um yeah it was big I mean it's big east coast I'm from the east coast so it's um, and then Canada, we had a um, bunch of tournaments up in Canada. We'd go up to Montreal a lot. Um, that area, they have a big, yeah. So it's, yeah, and it was year round. Um, in the summer, you'd have camps to go to and just summer league, summer training. Um, but uh, yeah, so I basically, I got to high school level and I was still probably, I don't know, 90 pounds, 80 pounds, like tiny. Yeah. I didn't have a like growth spurt till I was, I don't know, <laughs> my junior year in high school. It was super late. But um, yeah. all of a sudden I was still on this boys team and you're talking about freshman boys who all of a sudden sprout in their hundred and whatever, 50 pounds. Yeah. And it was it became just this, I don't know, not equal. Um, yeah, it was just yeah. tough. So actually my parents... Um, the town I'm from has a pretty famous, um, like boarding high school and a prep school and they have a women's program. And so my parents basically remortgaged the house. My grandparents helped a lot, um, for me to, for them to be able to afford, I applied and I got in and, um, afford to go to this high school. So I was able to keep playing. Um, and now I was playing with women. Yeah. for high school. Um, and having played with the boys for, I don't know, 10, 12 years, it was totally different. Like I was 
uh, one of the, yeah, I guess, stronger enforcers. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Stronger enforcer. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it just kind of like went from there. I played all high school and I still kind of played on some, um, yeah, like the state teams and then the national program. I made the under 22 national team. Um, and then, yeah. I got to my junior senior of high school and it was all of a sudden this opportunity of for women's hockey where it continued in the States was like I was saying earlier, just the Ivy leagues and then a couple of the D one programs. And that was about it. There was nothing else. There was no Mm. uh, minor league um, program. There was nothing after college. It was just college. And so after college, there was nothing. Um, And so for me, that was how it was. I played four years. I was trying for 2006 games and um, they were in, uh, Torino, Italy. And yeah. I didn't make, um, I made the overall camp. It was like top 40 went and we used to train in, um, Lake Placid, which is why I was raised Ironman Placid. Yeah. Um, cause that's where the Olympic training center is. So I trained there most summers and then I didn't make, um, the cut for 06. And then that was my senior year as well for college. And that was it. There was nothing. Um, wow. now, in the States and Canada there, they have a minor league. Um, yeah. Minor league for women. So okay. similar, I would say, I guess, to like the WNBA. Right. Um, right. Well, WNBA is bigger, but it's, I mean, there is a women's league, which is super cool. They're getting paid. They have salaries. Um, I don't know how many teams there are, but yeah, I would say, yeah, it's, I mean, it's something so yeah. that those girls that are trying for, if you, fall in that time frame where it's like your senior year of college or around there, but you still want to try for one more Olympics, you can keep yeah. playing because otherwise, yeah, there's really nothing. Yeah. It seems so, um, I don't know, bizarre that you can put so much time into a sport like that. And then it's like just falling off the edge of a cliff. That's it. It's done. Once you hit a certain age, game over. Yeah, exactly. It was weird for me. I went through this year of like, wow, I just spent 20 years of my life doing this one thing. And I was, yeah, that was my whole life. And now there was really nothing. It was just, I guess you can play. I mean, they have like pickup leagues, they have beer leagues at night um, in certain areas, but nothing. Yeah. Um, At a higher level. So at least now they have that, that helped. I guess that transition out of college for those top level girls, but yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, (laughs) it was definitely a shock. (laughs) Yeah. So, cause well, like you say, 20 years is a very long time to be invested and obviously very passionate about a sport. Were you, did you prepare for the end of that or was it just, I'm just going to keep writing this out and then deal with it? Like, I imagine that messed with your head quite a bit when it was all over. Yeah, it was, I guess I lucked out um, with that too. And that I randomly, well, back to the having studied Japanese in college, I randomly applied to this program that Princeton had. It was called um, Princeton in Asia. And they basically, yeah. you apply to the program. If you get accepted, then they place you in these different positions. They had teaching positions. They had um, like kind of nonprofit organization positions all over 
mostly Southeast Asia, like countries that needed help. And they would send, um, I guess, somewhat comparable to Peace Corps, but a program oh. like that in Princeton supported it and would place you. And I got placed in this teaching position over in Thailand um, mm-hmm. through this program. And so for me, at the time, I was like, oh, this is sick. Like, this is cool. I really wanted to travel. and But I didn't know what was going on with hockey. I had just found out earlier that January about not going to 06 games. And then that mm-hmm. I was graduating May. So it was kind of like five month period of like, wow, college yeah. is ending. Hockey is over. And luckily I had this program I had been accepted to. So the day after graduation, which was 6606, huh. uh, I flew to Thailand for a position over there. So I think I just lucked out with taking my mind off that because otherwise, yeah, I would have been sitting at home. Like, I mean, now what I just, yeah, spent my whole life with this. Um, so yeah, luckily I got to travel and I was totally absorbed over there with, um, just the teaching, but then checking out kind of Thailand and that Southeast Asia area. So that was cool, but it only lasted, I would say like six months. And I got that itch of like, wow, I'm not doing much at like, not athletically, but literally physically, I gained a bunch of weight. And I was just like, wow, this is (laughs) this isn't good. (laughs) Yeah, right. What what were you actually teaching? I was teaching English. Okay, right. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) What do you do you remember much from your time there? Do you feel like that sort of um, helped shape you as an adult a little bit that six months? Yeah, for sure. I think so. Because it's crazy. I'd never I hadn't traveled much, mostly just East Coast. And my whole life was hockey. So it was just wherever I had hockey tournaments. Um, And all of a sudden, um, like I'm over in Thailand, you have to, you know, fend for yourself, provide for yourself. I'm, you know, quote, unquote, adult, I was like 18 and Mm. on Mm. my own. And it was this, I don't know, it was for me, it was seeing how, um, yeah, a whole different culture lived. And um, it was just crazy. It was so eye opening, because you're so used to certain, I guess, luxuries or certain way of living. And then you're, you see how others and it was for me, it definitely shaped me because I got back, I was over there um, about a year. And then I got back and it was just I had total reverse culture shock, just like, Oh, my God, you're gonna spend, you know, $30 on a white t-shirt like (laughs) I've been I traveled to Cambodia and saw them making those for you know a penny just things like that where it was like I couldn't even fathom certain things anymore like um spending money on anything because I had seen how people had lived on like nothing a day so yeah I think it was it was really it was really good for me just to see that and I carried that it lasted a bit that it's crazy reverse culture shock oh (laughs) and you've been immersed for like a year however long it's yeah (laughs) yeah how amazing I've not been to Thailand but I've been to Vietnam and Cambodia um I spent two weeks Mm. riding through there and the we spent more time in Cambodia the Cambodian people are just beautiful souls that just everyone we oh. came across have have nothing uh like in terms of I guess com- compared to us like they're all living in, um 
in these tiny little huts and you know you know they're barely making money but were so generous i i was just blown away by the pride and the generosity of these people who in comparison to us have um i should i don't want to say have nothing because in in their eyes they probably have everything love family you know all that kind of stuff um but yeah exactly. it was a, yeah it was a real real eye opener um and like you say that that reverse culture shock you come back and um and i remember back then um and i was only there for 2 weeks you know wanting to change the world and do this and do that and then unfortunately <laughs> falling back into i'm okay with spending $30 $50 on a t-shirt um yeah so i think it's yeah. important to go back and think about like just remember those times just to give us a little bit of perspective every now and then you know li- life does go on obviously but I do think it's important to try and relive those those memories for that reason alone, if anything, you know? A hundred percent. Exactly. Exactly what you just said. It, it, yeah. I always mm-hmm. try to remember back to that. But yeah, exactly. Like people over there, I think are even, yeah, like like you said, they, they have everything. They have, yeah. I think what's most important, just family and love and the, yeah, kind of more, um, I don't know, not fulfilling living, but they're, it's different. And yeah, just to try to think back to that over like the day-to-day stuff, you get caught up in over here where it's like, really, does that matter? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're not distracted by all the other, you know, technology is great, but it's a massive distractor. Social media can be great, but it is a huge distractor from the other things that truly are important. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thousand percent. <laughs> um, I'm glad you mentioned family uh, because that's a great segue into your family because you you are a massive family person, aren't you? You're super close to your family. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I'm, I'm very close. Yeah. <laughs> so t- is it two brothers, one sister? Is that right? Yes. Yep. Exactly. And we're very close. Like it's one, two, three, four in eight. Like we were all basically around one year apart. Far out. Wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, My okay. mom had leashes for us. Yeah, of course. <laughs> How else could you keep you under control? Yeah, exactly. And are you all – what kind of kid were you? Do do you remember? Were you full of beans or, I mean, you said that in school you were a bit of a, did you say a dork or a nerd? Yeah, totally. No, I was like the biggest, yeah. Goody two shoes, like did nothing <laughs> wrong. Like I would cry if I got an A minus instead of an A, just very <laughs> like the straight edge. Um, yeah. Very by the books, like teacher's pet. Um, right. Yeah, that was me. And then my middle brother, um, he was more kind of the quieter, like chill, relax. He's actually the one that's in Bend, um, Oregon, where we live. That's yep. the brewer. So ah. he was like, yeah. That means beer, he's my like, favorite. Snowboarder. Yep. <laughs> he's pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah, he's like the chillest. And then my sister is just... Oh, my little Biffster. I call her Biffster. Yep. (laughs) I know her from social media. And 
I rode past yeah. her at Kona uh, last year, and I can't remember who yelled at who. And I was like, "Are you a bifster?" And she's like, "Yeah." I was like, "She's awesome." <laughs> but wh- so good. what is what's bifster and what's her actual name? Um, her ba- her <laughs> her name's Becca, and right. then um, or Rebecca, but her name's Becca, and then so that that semester that I studied abroad in Japan, she actually flew over to visit me because she wanted to come and see Japan. And they had these little like, um, I don't think it was anime, but you know how they have like all their little characters and little like cartoon characters. And we had these little, we got this little like pen set because you it's very popular where they have like your little pencil case. And we got these pencils or pens that were of uh, the character's name was Miffy, and it was like this little rabbit. And because her name was Becca with a B, we shortened it to Biffy. And so <laughs> it came from Japan, actually. <laughs> and so I started calling her Biffster. Oh, yeah, then it more from Biffy to Biffster. Brilliant. <laughs> I love it. Actually, I think it was an Australian that changed it from Biffy to Biffster. I feel like you guys like have your i was just about to say that sounds very australian adding the ster onto the end of something yeah (laughs) yes i think it was 100 percent. one of our australian friends changed it to that i love it what does she do just quickly can you hear my vacuum cleaner in the background could you just hear what was that noise i heard a little something it wasn't too loud though Oh, okay. It's, it's one of those robot Is it working vacuums. on its own? Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> because we've got Henry, the dog, he molts so much. And having Frankie now, she's, like, always on the floor and she just eats his fur, like, clumps of fur she just puts in her mouth, oh, no. which is disgusting. <laughs> so we got this robot vacuum cleaner just to constantly just keep picking it up. Um well, A, also because I don't really do housework, so it was easier just to get a robot to yeah. do it. But it's a, Perfect. This, it's this really intense robot vacuum cleaner, right, that goes around and if it, like, say if it goes off the edge of a carpet or whatever and gets stuck, because you've got an app, because everything's got an app and is voice act- activated or whatever, it says the robot vacuum cleaner has fallen off a cliff. And I'm like, that's a little oh. bit dramatic, don't you think? I'm like, Wow. <laughs> Anyway, oh it was just—it's so <laughs> just telling me that it's run out of batteries. That was that in the background, so I do apologize. Oh no, I need to look into one of those because I also do not do housework. Ah, <laughs> smart. Oh yeah, because Waddy does all the cooking as well. Is that right? Yeah, he's like. Yeah. Well, right now, Corbs and I cook tonight. In Kona prep, when we're like deep in, he cooks, and it's it's awesome. He's yeah. But he's definitely, yeah, the the clean, clean OCD, very tidy. And I'm like the opposite. Same. (laughs) We're smart. We found the right men. Exactly. (laughs) Opposites attract. Totally. (laughs) Totally. Uh, Sorry. Okay. Back to Bifster. What does she do? Is that what I asked? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. She, um, so right now she, well, her husband's, and husband's family own this big event company that's in the kind of Bay Area, south of San Francisco. Oh, wow. Um, and so in the summer, they're just like booked, packed with um, 
picture like a, this beautiful kind of winery region event place. And so they do weddings, corporate parties. Um, it's pretty sick because it's Silicon Valley area. So they do parties for say like Netflix and Apple and Google, like all oh those. Oh my gosh. So big time. Yeah. So she plans those in the summer and a kind of like event coordinator. Um, but then she also does um, some social media stuff for, for instance, Wadi, um, a couple other companies that just, yeah, she'll do their backend Google analytics and social media stuff. Oh, wow. Right now. Cause this is kind of their down season. Gotcha. Um, it's kind of picks up May through like November. So yeah, right. It's a pretty sweet schedule because she can travel and <laughs> yeah, and then but then in the summer for like six months straight, they're just nonstop. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. Yeah, um, she likes it. I think it's fun. I what? mean, you're planning parties and then you're overseeing them, and obviously the beforehand stuff you have to order everything, order the food, like all the catering, mm-hmm. all the stuff that goes into planning an event, but. Then they just kind of are there and she'll text yeah. me like, we have this crazy party going on. Like so-and-so's here. Um, yeah. So it's, it's cool. <laughs> did she did she help plan uh, the wedding? Which I know is kind of low key for you guys, but did she have a hand in it at all? Um, uh, Wadi and I's wedding? Yeah. Um, she, so they, yeah, ours was super low key. Like it was literally mm. at the river. It was at the park, which is like a very popular place to run and bend. And there's a river running through it. So we just kind of, and there's barbecues there. So they actually drove up from the Bay Area. And so with their event company, they get um, obviously massive deals on bulk ordering of all food and wine and stuff. And they- yep just ordered and it's really high quality like so good just like all the meat and vegetables and um, her and her husband did all our food and drinks for us so they brought um, literally like a truckload of stuff to barbecue and then just cases of yeah so from their kind of event place so it was they drove up with literally a truckload (laughs) Sounds so. sounds perfect. Good food, good wine, chilled, relaxed. Yeah, we rode our bike over. And then yeah. Ashy Kanga, Ashy Kanga yes. did the desserts for us. Oh, did so, she? Yeah, she baked all of our desserts. She did a cake and she did cupcakes. And I think there was one other thing, but she baked like for three days for the wedding. <laughs> wow. How many people were there? Ah. Uh, actually in the end maybe i would say probably like 50 or 60 wow that's pretty impressive solo baking for that amount of people oh i know yeah she crushed it yeah she loves (laughs) it doesn't she a little overwhelmed with the oh she loves the baking and she's so good at it (laughs) yeah oh i love it i've been um i see her post a couple of things i'm like oh maybe i should try that looks a little bit healthier than the stuff that i've been eating and so she's just been sending me like little tips, even though I'm married to a chef. But yeah, she's just been sending me oh, stuff. Oh, I didn't know Freddie was a chef. That's so funny. Oh, did you not? You really? Uh, no, I didn't realize that. Mm, yep. Yeah, I'm you not really an idiot. You really chose right. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen so, that? Do you, have you ever seen any of the Amy Schumer stand up stuff? 
Yes. I think it was, did you see that pregnancy one where she's like, yeah, so I married a chef. Yeah. Like, did you see that part? Yeah. <laughs> not an idiot. And I'm like, I correct. like food. <laughs> Smart. Yeah, I, lo- I love Amy so Schumer, big fan. Yeah. Uh, oh, so man. <laughs> we, I've actually thought, um, tell me what you think. Like, I would love to be able to, you know, head over to Kona one year and get Breddy to be like the chef for a few different athletes. So, you know, during race week or two weeks out or however long you're, you're in Kona in the lead up to race day, Chef Breddy prepares a few few meals. You just pick them up. You don't also all you have to concentrate on is uh, training and any of the media stuff, and then you can come home and eat good food and not have to oh worry God. about shopping. It's sign me it up. Would work, right? I'll pay for yeah. whatever it was. Plus, like, yeah. it, oh my God, I, you could get so many people that would do that. I think it's it, a good idea. I like, think we need to do it. That's that is a really good idea. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I think both Corbs and I would sign up for that. <laughs> you have t- well, you have your first two customers. I have actually mentioned to Corbs in the past, and she said that yeah, she'd be keen. Because I mean, as much as you love cooking, I know she loves cooking, but she doesn't want to be doing that in the lead up to Kona. You got other things to worry about. Yeah, exactly. That w- the week leading in, and then mm. there's so much other stuff like. Wadi does cook still, but it's yeah. I know it's an extra stress for him because he's got the expo and there's all this other stuff going yeah. on that he's trying to so if you could literally just have it that would be yep all right huge stay tuned <laughs> stay tuned okay you have um, two i'm sure you can get more way more <laughs> all right if anyone else is listening um give me a shout and we'll get chef Breddy uh a, a special wits up apron for maybe maybe a chef Breddy wits up waddy ink apron um Ooh, we, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> we can have that made immediately. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I'm very aware that this has been going for an hour, but I, I, like, I just want to touch on a couple of more things. Have you still got a few more minutes? Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay, sweet. Before the sweet, final sweet, sweet. episode of Don't Bleep With Gas. <laughs> Before the what? <laughs> Our final episode of the show. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yep. Oh, yeah. So they're waiting on. Okay. Let we'll we'll get this stuck into it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I understand. Because then you also have to buy Kona. You better have finished Handmaid's Tale. Because I I I've got so much to unpack with you about it. Um, Okay. (laughs) Just quickly, I've just started watching uh, Bachelorette New Zealand. Just because I found it online. I have but not it's so, seen it. <laughs> it's it's so different to the American one. It, it's just it's so Kiwi. It's so laid back, and I think it's hilarious. It's really interesting. Like the the US one is so polished. This one is not polished whatsoever, and it's hilarious. Ooh, okay. I'll have to try that yeah. one. I feel like <laughs> usually the non-American versions are better <laughs> of all shows. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been up to date with the current US Bachelor? No, I'll have I'll randomly have it on, and then like if Wadi walks in, like I just change the channel super quick. Because so. <laughs> it's it's oh, embarrassing no. to like that show, isn't it? <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I know, and but I, I don't, don't care. even really like it. It's just so mind numbing, yeah. and it's like, oh, I'll be in such a haze and uh, yeah. from training, and it's like, okay. Yeah, I'll it's good keep for that. This on. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, you're not missing much this season. Let me put it that way. It's not. It's not a great okay. season. Yep. Okay. 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 <laughs> Wadi Inc. What? Because I know that Wadi Inc. has just gone gangbusters, um, particularly like in the last twelve months or so. And I know you guys have got some big plans. Can you fill me in on where you guys see that? going or is it all sort of hush hush at the moment or um yeah I mean it's yeah it's cool it's I mean it's just crazy how it has kind of just kept growing I mean it literally started as nothing it was like Wadi's idea of a marketing kind of approach to things it started with just mark marketing athletes and putting a mark on them literally 10 years ago so to see where it's gotten from there just with the clothing is unbelievable because it's yeah Mm. usually companies last I forget what the saying is you know three to five years and then that's usually it or you know maybe it's going to work and so for us it's just been yeah every year growing has been really just crazy um amazing and it's yeah it's so huge it's all the athletes that have supported us and that are supporting um I guess Wadi and I I mean the brand, but then Wadi and I personally, it's a lot of people that just buy this stuff because they're supporting us. And so we're just mm. forever grateful to that. Um, but yeah, it's, I guess it's that tricky thing of like how you keep growing, how you continue to mm. expand and try to grow and then not lose where you came from, but then look for other avenues. So I guess our biggest push this year is just the whole gravel scene, which yeah. We already kind of were part of. Um, we had a team last year with the Caffeine and Watts program um, that we sponsored and made their kits. And it was kind of this collaboration with um, a really good friend of ours who's behind the Moxie multi-sport team, Blake. Yeah. Um, he's one of our yeah biggest supporters. So it was kind of this, I guess, dipping our toes in that. And now we're, we have a full-blown program of athletes that are um, a lot of them are, are triathletes as well. And then we have a bunch of new people as well that are just want a cool kid and want to support us and then are looking to try out the new kind of gravel races that are kind of blowing up right now as well. So um, yeah. that's kind of the next step. And then, yeah, it's just growing slowly, growing smartly. I mean, Wadi's, like I was saying earlier, he's so creative. Like he's constantly just like, I want to do this or that. Like I want to be in snowboarding and skateboarding and just like yeah. all these ideas um, of where we could go with it, but um, obviously trying to grow it smartly. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that answered your question, but it's the next step is, yeah, kind of expanding into more that still the endurance scene in our, we'll always stay true to triathlon. It's like yeah. what built our brand. It's where our heart is, but it's also like gravel riders are riding bikes as well. They need cycling kits, uh, mountain bikers. They need cycle like, you can still yeah. expand within while still staying true to triathlon. So it's kind of us walking that line in the next year or two, I would say of finding new customers and new areas, but not losing our, the heart of us. <laughs> yeah. And you, you recently had a bit of a play in the gravel scene as well. Yeah, no, I'm definitely, it intrigues me. Like it's more, I wouldn't say more me. I mean, I love triathlon and my goals are still all in triathlon, but it's also, I ride my gravel bike a ton. I, in yeah. Bend, we have incredible trails. And for me, it's about getting off the road, which is way safer. And our roads mm-hmm. are amazing. Like they're just wide open dirt roads. So 
Um, for me, it's just, I already do that. I don't see it. It kind of like blew up like, oh, gravel scene. It's like, well, no, like for me, it's, you know, going to do a, a super long gravel ride. I would already be riding 100 miles training for Lake Placid um, in July. Yeah. So for me, just doing it on my gravel bike is no different. It, it'll just be more fun. I'll probably go harder if I'm like racing with people or out with friends. Yeah. And I just think it looks super cool. And it's way, looks chiller and people, you know, hanging out after. And it's more about the experience. Um and so yeah I just want to give it a go I mean I don't see it as um yeah I guess abandoning triathlon it's just it works in and I think yeah if you can handle your bike on that dirt which I've mountain biked a ton and and it's not this like risky thing for me I I, that's been a few things that have come up people being like well it's risky I'm like it's not risky like it's more risky for me like tripping on a curb and breaking your wrist. Or being hit by a car. Yeah, exactly. Then I know how to handle a bike, so. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's Um, cool. Yeah. It looks fun. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It does. Um, And like you say, it is definitely a growing scene for sure. So, yeah, I want to check it out. But I probably should just get back onto riding a bike for a little while as opposed to (laughs) buying another new bike that just sits in my uh, lounge room gathering dust. But one day we'll get out (laughs) there. (laughs) Well, the good thing is that a lot of road bikes are compatible. So that's why I think it's more, Ah. um, a lot more people can enter it than say mountain biking. Like you have to buy a mountain bike with shocks Mm. and suspension, but you can get a a road bike that, or they call it, I mean, they have different terms, each company that it will just fit wider wheels. So you can get one bike and just have if you want thicker wheels for um i guess more technical dirt or just put your road wheels on you have a road bike yeah right oh cool all right then that's good so, to know yeah yeah i'll Sweet. slide in there to argon 18 dark matter <laughs> <laughs> dark matter it's, it's is that good. what it's called dark matter it's that's called cool. a dark matter yeah I yeah like it's pretty sick but you can, I can put road wheels on it or dirt wheels. So, <laughs> yeah, right. Sweet, all bases covered. Um, and yeah. then, um, so, so last question, because I just want to. We, we've barely spoken about triathlon, which is a great thing. Um, but <laughs> a few changes this year in terms of coaching. Are we allowed to talk about that? Yeah, totally. No. Um, yeah, I started working with. Um, his name's Ryan Bolton. Um, it's been probably like two months now. Um, it was like mid January. We had a call with him. He actually coaches, uh, Ben Hoffman. So, um, he's, for me, it was primarily, he's in Tucson a lot, which is great, especially Kona prep. He's in Tucson right now for about a month. So he's literally like, um, yeah, just at workouts, like hands on, like a coach, here like seeing me um yeah and adjusting training accordingly for me it was more um wadi kind of oversaw my training the second half of last year um yeah i kind of i had worked with joe gambles who's still a good friend uh for over three years and um he was amazing like got me so far and for me it was more i had not burnout last year but just i went through this kind of phase in the summer of kind of just feeling lost and needed something new and um our training kind of 
we just kind of shifted to like day by day and Wadi oversaw that because he's with me every day and sees me and how I'm feeling. And so he, he saw through basically, yeah, last end of last year. And it just was too much on us as like a couple to have that pressure um, and just constantly be not questioning. Like like if he'll give me something and I would be like, well, I want to do this. Yeah. Cause I'm stubborn and he'd be like, no, <laughs> like, so we just wanted, we reached out to a bunch of different people, just feeling people out. And we wanted to have someone that's kind of that overseer that oversees. Yeah. Between the two of us. So it's not on our relationship. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Cause that's hard. Yeah. It was, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it to us. I mean, yeah. we're, yeah, the sport is just a part of my, our lives, but it's not worth us fighting because like, yeah, like I said, I'm pretty stubborn and (laughs) I always go back at him. Even if I probably believe in it or think I should be doing what he's saying, like a rest day or something, I still go back at him just (laughs) because this, um, yeah, this takes it out of it. And then part of that was also um, was working with a specific swim coach, just um, who he helped get us in touch with. Um, who is based up in Scottsdale, Arizona. So about two hours from where we are here in Tucson. Um, and his name is Glenn Mills. Um, yeah. On Instagram, it's go swim TV. I highly, <laughs> it's not just a plug for him, but he, it's pretty cool, especially if you're not a strong swimmer, like the stuff he puts out. Right. Um, okay, cool. So for me, it started as that, like I was already watching the videos, like shit, I should be doing this. Like I need to practice this. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but now, yeah, I'm working with him three or four times a week. We've been driving up to Scottsdale. Um, what? <laughs> wow. Getting into school. Yeah, it's it's quite a commitment. Just not, yeah. I, I don't want to phrase it as like last ditch attempt, but it's kind of like, okay, I need to put all in and see if I can see an improvement. Otherwise, like, yeah. I might as well just like bike and run all day, every day and I'll still get out the same exact place that I have for the last eight years. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's the hardest thing with swimming as well. It's Yeah, you see gains, I guess, a lot quicker in cycling and running. Typically speaking, swimming's a hard one to see those gains. Totally, totally. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's going, I mean, it's crazy the stuff I've already shifted. So that's good. And now I just have to like kind of see if I can translate that to at pace and getting fitter in the pool or like water and still holding kind of the things that he's really pointed out, which I guess in a good way, there was quite a bit he could point out for me because my stroke is just not, (laughs) (laughs) I just like thrash and hope I'm moving (laughs) forward. So. (laughs) Oh, funny. Well, it sounds like you are yeah. definitely throwing your hat into the ring to and committing to a lot of travel for swimming. So I'm looking forward to seeing the results. <laughs> Thanks. I know. That's why I'm like, should I put it out there or not? If nothing changes, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think we will see improvements and I'm going to be positive about it and yes. optimistic. <laughs> I like it. We definitely will. So we're going to see you on Lucy Charles's toes. We're making the call here right now. Kona 2020, Heather Jackson, second out of the water. Oh, my God.
Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, man. Well, on that very positive note, um, I know you have TV to watch and probably peanut pretzel, peanut butter pretzels to consume. Um, exactly. With, with, with corpse. Um, please, <laughs> please give Waddy and Corbs a hug from me. Um, I, I hate to even mm-hmm. shut this down because I, I could talk to you for so long, um, but I got to know so much two. more about you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Done. Okay. Done. Okay. And we will have a check in. <laughs> I like it. Yes. We'll check in to see how the swimming's going. Um, we'll, okay. Okay. well, we've got it. We've got to discuss again, the meals in Kona. So we'll definitely be chatting about that. Um, oh, yes. yeah. thank you thank you no thank you this is awesome